Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and today, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to chat about Marvel's second win, Phase 5. That's right, we're talking all about Echo, the origin story of Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo. And when I say we, I mean me and our lovely correspondent, Miss Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Hello, it's good to see you again. How are you? I am good. And I know you and I were intrigued by the concept of this show. And I think this was like the absolute underdog of phase five. This show was severely underrated and got amazing ratings and amazing reviews. This show broke a few different glass ceilings with Echo being the first Marvel show that represents the first deaf, indigenous, and disabled community. I personally thought Maya's story was beautiful. Full disclosure, this spinoff series was definitely more violent than I expected. Marvel put a disclaimer on every episode emphasizing how graphic these episodes would be and i was like mm, whatevs sounds great i can take it i'm used to marvel this is a jessica jones type of graphic violence so if you think this would be a great movie for the kiddos you have been warned and don't get me wrong the storytelling of the show and maya's story was absolutely beautiful but just be aware the graphic violence is most definitely there Disney advertised that people had to change their ratings to MA in order to watch this show. And that was a game changer, I think, for Disney+. And we were introduced to Echo in the Hawkeye series. I think it was like a year ago. It was your first episode. It was my first episode. <laughs> and so that was when she found out that Fisk ordered the hit on her father. And she left Fisk for dead. And I remember saying in the comics, Echo returns to her reservation and that Fisk survives the attempt. And I was excited when I saw the trailer because that's exactly where the show went. She went back to her home and her family and Fisk came back, which also meant another character came back that we all love. We we're hoping to see. Yes. And the MCU has confirmed that the Netflix shows, at least Daredevil, are finally canon to the MCU. Huzzah! Yes! Marvel worked very closely with the Choctaw Nation on this production. And this production represented Marvel's desire to be a part of the future of Native American representation in Hollywood. And as the story progresses, you can see like diamonds and swirls and artwork and their seal in costumes and set dressings. Gary Batten, the chief of the Choctaw Nation, has stated that we want to see our culture, our history, and the story of our Choctaw people in mainstream society. I think the partnership with Disney is a great way to educate everybody about the things we have done to contribute to the United States to France, to Ireland, to the world, and to share that story with everybody so they can truly know who we are as Chata people. The show Echo is about Maya Lopez and how her ruthless behavior in New York City catches up with her in her hometown 
where she must face her past, reconnect with her indigenous roots, and embrace the meaning of family and community. As Maya Lopez, we have Alakwa Cox. As Kingpin slash Fisk, we have the return of Vincent D'Onofrio. Bonnie is played by Devery Jacobs. Henry is Chase Spencer. Chula is played by Tantu Cardinal. William Lopez is Zane McLarnon. Scully is played by Graham Green. And Biscuits is Cody Lightning. I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Let's spill it. All right. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not watched Echo, we are about to spoil it for you. All right. Serious question time. What was your favorite episode? That first episode held back no punches. Right. It even had that continuous shot that the show Daredevil on Netflix was known for. And we got to see the change in Maya. Like you saw the timid Maya who just something just clicked during that cage fight. And Mm -hmm. she then becomes the, you know, the villain. I think it was a great compilation of Echo's past with her present. It explained more of her childhood and her time with Fisk while connecting it to the Hawkeye timeline. So we knew where things happened in relation to the MCU. It was done so well. I'm right there with you. I was torn between episode one and five. And don't get me wrong. All five of the episodes were great. But the storytelling in episode one was phenomenal. Episode one was titled Chaffa. And like you, it hooked me. We get a brief introduction to one of Maya's oldest ancestors, which had me nostalgic for Cohorty's episode and what if. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this who we think it is? And it wasn't. Don't worry, guys. I, I misread the signs. But that being said, it just made me that much more nostalgic of Cohorty's episode in in season two of What If. And then episode five titled Maya tied everything in beautifully. There was no stone unturned. They highlighted her ancestors. They highlighted her power. Just everything came together so beautifully. And I was very impressed with it. Speaking of What If season two, did you catch any Easter eggs and or any parallels Because I know my, I got my hopes up a little bit. (laughs) Well, one of the coincidences is that Devery Jacobs, who voices Glory in What If, is also Bonnie in Echo. And she's confirmed they're not related. (laughs) Dang it. Okay. Yeah. Echo and Glory are not related. (laughs) It's just a coincidence. Okay. Another one is that... Biscuits brings up the city Madripoor when they compare the quality of merchandise depending on its origin, which we all know that's the city from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. That same when Bucky visit. I think it might have also been mentioned in Moon Knight as well. Okay. Yeah. Another little Easter egg is Echo takes a pit stop at a Roxon restaurant, mm-hmm. which that kind of bridges the gap between the MCU and the television projects because the Roxon logo is in the Iron Man movies. And of course, Roxon is the store in the first season of Loki that Loki visits with Mobius to find Sylvie. All right. We hinted at it earlier. But there was a very unexpected cameo that happened. 
for Mr. Charlie Cox that I know you and I were like, what is going on here? Outside of it being a subtle hint that Maya and Kingpin's story will continue in the Daredevil spinoff, I didn't really see the point of his cameo. And that's why it caught me off like so off guard. I was like, does he have a bigger storyline in Maya's story that I don't know about? Tell me more. Why? Or Charlie Cox was, was just like, can I get in on this? This is a great story. I need to be a part of this show. How do we make this a thing? What was your take? I didn't think they were going to include him that fast. I honestly thought it was going to be a few episodes into it. The choreography and the stunts were amazing. And it was, it totally felt like the Daredevil from the Netflix series. I did hear that the production team scrapped everything for Born Again. And if it's anything like Echo, like I'm stoked. And Daredevil and Echo, they do have a history in the comics. Okay. So I know that Echo and Daredevil have like a romantic situationship, as it were, (laughs) in the comics. But I don't think she knows Daredevil's secret identity until like she nearly beats him to a pulp. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. See, and I knew if I brought it up, you'd shed light on the subject. (laughs) And I was like, doesn't make sense to me, but I bet if I bring this up, Melinda will be like, and here is my dissertation mm-hmm. on how and why. So outside of that cameo, what caught you off guard? So I knew I, I knew this was going to happen. Like we all knew Fisk was going to survive, but it still caught me off guard when the mafia was called off at the bowling alley. Oh, okay. And Maya coming to the realization that Fisk was still alive. I was like, girl, you are in trouble. (laughs) Right. And like how she looked over to, I want to say it was Henry. And it was just like, who's able to make this call? Like he's dead. No, he's not. Right. (laughs) Then even though I knew that was coming, it was still her reaction. I was like, oh, dang. Yeah. She's like, no, but I, I, I shot him in the face. Like I did the thing. I was yes. like, girl, you did not double check your work. <laughs> what caught me off guard was the level of violence that was in the show. And again, there was a disclaimer on every episode. Marvel made a point of putting it there. And I was like, sure, whatevs, I can handle it. But when they showed the scene of the roller skating employee getting shot multiple times, and it wasn't just graphics, like I was convinced this guy was dead in real life. I was like, there's no coming back for this guy. He's he's going to be served postmortem and get his Oscar that way. The special effects team did and and or hair and makeup for that matter did an amazing job. But yeah, between that and all the the what if parallels that I got excited about, I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, here we go. I put it out in the universe and here it is. And that's again, that's not what happened. But here we are. It caught me off guard. And I again, I got my hopes up. So (laughs) what I wasn't expecting at all that you gave me the heads up on was that there was a mid credit scene at the end of episode five, which definitely drops some major hints that Fisk's story continues in Daredevil Reborn. And I'm so excited. What were your thoughts? Oh, yeah, this is definitely setting up Born Again, and it might even work its way into Spider-Man 4. Oh, yes. So... The scene shows Fisk in his private jet heading back to New York Mm -hmm. after being defeated by Echo. And he's watching a news program talking about how New York City doesn't have a strong candidate for mayor. So in the comics, Fisk does run for mayor and wins. 
but it's later discovered that he fixed the race. Mayor Wilson's deputy mayor in the comics is none other than Matt Murdock. Oh, okay. Who is constantly trying to catch Fisk in illegal activity. He does eventually catch Fisk, and Fisk is temporarily removed as mayor. And so in retaliation, Fisk creates a citywide ban on all masked vigilantes. He publicly loses control, and Luke Cage becomes mayor and repeals the anti-superhero laws. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see that play out in Born Again. This is going to be good. Yes. I mean, you were pretty spot on with what Echo would be. So just saying. All right. I don't know about you, but I've got some honorable mentions from this show. Me too. Okay. Biscuit and Scully were absolutely hilarious. Scully, I was immediately a fan when he was selling uh, native artifacts to the couple that walked in. And he was doing whatever tribal song he thought the white man would buy. So shout out to Graham Greene. You you nailed it, Scully. I hope to see you in more projects, sir. And for me, it's up to the accommodations that were put into place. Like, for instance, everyone on set learned ASL so they could work with Alakwa. And that, that like, never happens. No, it doesn't. Which right. leads into my other shout out, which is the technology that Fisk develops where it's the lens that can interpret into yeah. asl which that my jaw dropped when i saw that but also fisk sees echo as his daughter and he couldn't even bother to learn asl right like this technology is absolutely amazing but also she is your daughter like don't yeah. get me wrong i would love to see this technology like available to anyone and everyone and i'm like oh what a time to be alive to see this like concept come out in a show all right samsung and apple I need you guys to put this into production ASAP, please. While fictional, it is groundbreaking technology that I hope to see, hopefully somewhere down the line in the near future. (laughs) And now it is time for the Spotlight of the Week. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts for a new, fun, fandom episode of the Fangirls Podcast. Tax Pros, an award-winning tax firm dedicated to providing their clients with a full range of advanced tax planning and tax resolution services. With three locations in Southern California, Tax Pros is there to meet you where you are, offering phone and video appointments. Learn more or book an appointment today at TaxPros, taxprose.com. Looking to move? 24-7 Moving is a full-service moving company based in LA. At 24-7 Moving, they understand moving can be overwhelming sometimes, and they see this as their responsibility to alleviate the pressure and stress. Their professional team provides fun, friendly, and secure local and long-distance services throughout the U.S., Their highly skilled and well-trained team has combined experience of over 3,000 moves, including commercial and residential. They deliver smooth and stress-free moving and packing services at affordable prices. I've personally used 24-7 moving and have never been so impressed with a team of movers in my life. They weren't just fast and efficient. They were affordable, and the guest service was unmatched to anything I've ever worked with before. For more information, visit them online at 247moving.com. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Marvel Entertainment, Marvel Studios, 
Hulu, Disney Plus, or any other media mentioned today. We're just really big fans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.